Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. I'm your host, Roddy DeBolsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donovan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach. Uh, he's at his house, Dane's in his office, and I'm here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville, right down on uh, Greensboro Highway. Just uh, go right past downtown if you're heading out to Greensboro. Now, be on your right. Can't can't miss it. It's a huge building with a ton of great food and a new patio that we, t- that we showed you last time we were here. And uh, today is uh, Tamale Tuesday. So they, one of their specials today is tamale. So we'll be showing you those tamales uh, later in the show. Uh, big shout out to our other sponsors, Athens Ford, a uh, great place to go. Uh, Academia Brewing Company and the specials they have going on. Dead Soxy, they have a Mother's Day sale you need to jump on. And of course, um, your pie, it's Tuesday. And if you're looking at some tamales here at uh, Classics and Eats, you can grab the uh, anything from your pie and get double points because it's Tuesday. Uh, Coach, we just had a huge, huge, huge record-setting performance by the dogs in the NFL draft. Uh, 15 Bulldogs taken. I uh, did some just back-of-the-envelope math. I was thinking, okay, if you have 24 starters, you know, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and a punter and a kicker, uh, that, yeah, 15 of them drafted, that's 68%. Now, I know it's not perfect because you have a couple guys that, you know, you have three linebackers taken and you only ever see like two of them and you have one, two running backs were taken and they only ever really named one starter. But all those other guys that Georgia has could be drafted. So I know a lot of people are thinking, wow, 15 guys, how's Georgia going to recover from that? But they still have great players left over. I just want to get your overall thoughts on the fact that Georgia set the record for number of players taken in one class in in one recruiting year, I mean, in one uh, draft year. And the fact that they're still preloaded. I mean, are we going to see a situation where every one of those players on that championship team are taken in the NFL? You know, it could be a situation there next year. Obviously, uh, four or five guys in the top 30, not even including Bowers, who's in the top five. But uh, uh, it's going to be good. But it's amazing we can do that with the people, coaches that can't even develop talent. I mean, it's. Uh, I knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs> just had to throw that out there. I just uh, you can't develop it. I love it's, it. Uh, uh, one of the best quotes that I saw in the whole draft was from uh, Brian Gutekunst from the uh, Green Bay Packers, who's the general manager there. And you know, he took two players this year in the first round, and then last year he took Stokes very early uh, as a corner. And by the way, people aren't including the fact that Tyson Campbell in that class was taken in the first round last year. Uh, so you add that to the mix along with Jermaine Johnson and Cade Mays and Justin Fields, and it just keeps on going. But he did mention the fact that uh, a Georgia practice is as close to training for the NFL as you can get. And when he says that, he knows that these kids are going through a lot of the things that they're going to need to developed to be pro players. So, uh, you know, we're all happy with everything and you got to be careful that you just don't pinch yourself and, and realize that things can happen. And there's a lot of, uh, of, uh, what ifs out there, but certainly, uh, the, the fact that we have such an outstanding system of evaluating players, knowing, uh, who they are, doing a good job of getting them here, keeping them here, graduating them, and that sells the other players hearing about the success that you have, uh, particularly when uh, some of your competitors like Texas didn't even have one guy drafted this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not necessarily Sark's fault, but uh, the head coach. But, you know, he's going to have to get it rolling pretty quick here. But I, I just think as an overview, uh, just uh, if, if you just take yourself out of the Georgia realm, and forget about any kind of association that any of us have with Georgia. And you're just an average football fan who's interested in the draft and you keep watching all this stuff happen and evolve over three days. And finally you you think, holy shit, what in the world are they doing down there? Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, it it makes you wonder uh, from from the outside, uh, how are you going to catch up with us? So that's that's going to be something that we got to keep on working at. But uh, you got to be careful. Uh, that might be Nick Saban called me right now asking me what we're doing. But uh, I thought it was thought it was quite noticeable that Nick wasn't there. 
usually he's right there in that green room, uh, red room or whatever you call it. And he didn't make it this time, but uh, not even at the golf tournament today where he's usually over there playing at the Chick-fil-A deal. So uh, Nick right. must be out, out working on getting some transfers. <laughs> what well, was it remarkable to me, and you may appreciate this stat, Coach, Georgia had 15 players selected in the NFL draft in three days. Georgia Tech's had 15 players selected in 11 years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a dry run over there for sure. Uh, but, you know, we've got to be careful about stomping on them when they're down and all. You just uh, show some humility. That's what we've done. I thought Kirby did a great job there at the draft. And uh, certainly uh, we tried to give everybody a little heads up about Trey Scott and Glenn Schumann being there, which I thought was good. And then we had all those uh, people from our uh, – social media they're really putting out some tremendous stuff about wh what was happening as it happened and making these players feel good i mean it's a one it's a lifetime deal to be uh, chosen in the draft and it's, it's kind of like signing your high school scholarship you got that one deal that you, you finally work hard and you get to that point where you get to go to college and now you get the chance to play in the nfl i mean not many guys get to do that i think the, the biggest I won't say surprise, but to me, the biggest takeaway, as big as Trayvon Walker going number one is, and that's huge. I mean, you could say, I mean, you've got, you've, you're now tied with all the programs in college football for having the most number one overall picks in your history. That's fantastic. As big as, you know, Georgia can hang their hat on, hey, we had the number one player in college in, you know, in the draft. I think that five, and even 15 is big, but to me, the number that stands out is you had five number – I mean, five first-round picks, Coach. And if I'm right. a defensive player anywhere, if I'm in the secondary, if I'm on the D-line, if I'm a linebacker, if I'm an uh, outside linebacker, I'm like, i got to be on that defense. They had five out of 11. I just – if I'm Trey Scott and I'm Glenn Schumann, you know, and I'm Fran Brown and I'm uh, Chidiro. But you're not. You're not. I'm, I'm just saying – I'd be so excited to be like, hey, but five. You know, yeah, I've had, had big shirts put up a five on it, just nonstop every time I went on a recruiting visit. Yeah, that's impressive, no question about it. I was just busting you a little bit, but I, but I just want to add to the Trayvon Walker saga, which I would have liked to been on the site there to uh, eliminate some of these idiots talking about what a risk he was because of, of the lack of production. You know, uh, what you got to realize is a scheme that we play. He's more of an edge, set to edge guy. Uh, and he's not set up to rush the passer. He does a lot of things in nickel where he uh, drops back and all. But the evaluation process is not just the combine. It's not just the pro day. They get to look at this practice tape. And if they come in here and look at this first year that this kid was here as a high school freshman, and every day he's going against – uh, Thomas and Wilson, two first-round offensive tackles, and right. just wearing their ass out every day. Now, they won a lot, too. Don't get me wrong, but right. he was going around off the edge, and he's not going to go against many guys much better than that in the pros. So the question of whether he can rush the passer and, and do all that stuff, uh, that's just uh, poppycock. I mean, he, he can do it. And, you know, it, it, to a certain amount, the, the, the Hutchinson guy – did have a lot more stats. And, you know, a lot of times you can get those against Northwestern and uh, some of those teams, uh, tongue in check. But when he went against Jamari Salyer, he got stoned. And Jamari <laughs> Salyer, for some reason, because of his lack of height or arms or what, you know, went late in the, to a good team that throws the ball like the Chargers. I think he'll be golden out there. But, uh, you, you know, these pro guys – uh, I've seen them for 50 years, and, uh, and there's some hit and miss stuff certainly involved in it, but they really do their research, and yeah, that's how they make their living. I mean, they got to pick good players, and they got to make them develop, and they got to win because that's why you see such a massive turnover in the coaching realm up there in the NFL. I mean, some of these guys are coaching now. I mean, uh, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, uh, they came from nowhere, didn't play college football, didn't play at all, and now they're head coaches. 
I want to give a, a quick shout out. We mentioned Trayvon Walker, and I did this on Twitter, but uh, his high school coach when when he was young, he had a couple, but uh, Tommy Parks was a guy that I got to know a little bit from uh, when I covered him at Harris County. He also coached Jordan Jenkins. Uh, he told me about Tay Crowder when he was a, a ninth grader, and so that's a kid you got to watch. Uh, Tommy Parks was the head coach at Upson Lee when Trayvon Walker was kind of getting the the recruiting buzz. And Tommy passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, and I just, I really thought about him and his family. And then uh, that's a real tight community there around Upson Lee. And so just kind of wanted to give them a, a shout out for how special of a day it was for that community, for the Parks family. Cause I know he would have been beaming seeing Trayvon have that stage and that honor. Yeah. That's really a good point out by you because you know, when you talk to to uh, so many people in the community, whether they coach guys in little league football or they were high school math teacher or their guidance counselor, they take a lot of pride in the fact that that young man's representing their school. And I think from uh, every kid's got different backgrounds, but you, you just look at uh, Trayvon, his father, a Marine uh, in the Marine Corps, his mother, very, uh, you know, he's a mama's boy. He, he said that first thing in his interview down there at, at Jacksonville. But I think just the fact he didn't go to the green room, he, he had his own family deal, shows how much it means to him to share that with everybody. And they had a great celebration. But a uh, very limited amount of people ever can say they're number one draft choice uh, in the whole country and made it without making All-American or uh, All-Conference. So, uh, which he certainly is in every form or fashion. He should be that. But that just goes to show you there's a lot of different things that go into the draft. And uh, But I know everybody's tired of hearing all about that. They want to talk about next year and want to hear about all these other things. So let's rock on here. Uh, well, I, right before we rock on, I did want to get your one take because this is the only thing – and we got a bunch of questions about it. So this will knock out about six, seven questions. Uh People want to know why did Justin Schaefer go before uh, Jamari Sawyer, and what was the real deal with Jacoby Dean dropping like he did? And yeah, I think in the case of uh, Schaefer, every, once you get to that point, every team's got different needs, and they compare them, and and uh, they, they don't get into whether you know they, that Sawyer played a lot more positions than Schaefer did, or all that. They, they the, the offensive line coach probably had him rated in in the. Uh, when they got to that point in the draft, might have had him rated a little higher than did Salyer. It just goes how you drop. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're not taking an offensive line player in that position. You're taking something else. So next time around, the guys that might be available and they might not. So uh, the fact that he went before him was a little surprising, but both of them are, have good upside. They played a ton of snaps. They've done uh, a lot of reps against some really quality players here when you look at some of the the lineman, and the one thing I also want to mention about uh, about uh, our linebacker situation it's just how many good linebackers we've had here under Glenn Schumann. You can go back to Roquan Smith, but you also go Tate Crowder, and uh, you know just keep on going. And these guys, Ronnie Monty Rice, played for the Titans last year, but didn't uh, got hurt a little bit. But uh, both of those guys being on the field keeps Quay Walker from getting the reps. He had twice as many, maybe three times as many reps this year as he had his whole career. He never uh, played linebacker in, in, you know, in high school. He, he was a kind of an edge guy. So he's a guy that can go in there at Green Bay. He's got so much upside. As far as Monty, uh, excuse me, as far as N'Kobe Dean, uh, N'Kobe had labrum surgery two years ago, and he, he came back from it and played well. Then he had a pec injury where he was lifting weights. So he, at the combine, he decided not to uh, do anything uh, based on what the, the doctors told him and the trainers told him. And then when they got to the pro day, he was pretty well healed but not in good shape. So you got to just imagine he's out there doing his pro day uh, three-cone drill, doing some things. And everybody's seeing him, and he's going against Channing Tindall and Quay Walker. Now, if you're not as in good a shape as you normally are, and your your forte is chasing a ball and making tackles in open field, not maybe covering passes and doing drops and running three-cone drill with a hurt shoulder, it hurt him a little bit as far as what the analysis of people that hadn't watched him. And uh, sometimes you start hearing these rumors about he needs surgery and all that, and 
So he kind of went down because of that. I think just the, the pro day hurt him, no question. That makes sense. I appreciate you touching on that because that was one of some of the questions we got. Um, we do have another draft question from UGA alum 95. Uh, it says, Coach Donnan, which UGA player best fits the team that he was drafted by? Uh, he says that George Pickens to the Steelers or Jordan Davis to the Eagles were his top two. Well, he's very, very good uh, analysis there. I think that's the one thing that you like in any draft is you feel like that this guy can fit in your uh, – come into your building and meet the uh, – the type of uh, players you need to build your program. I really felt like George Pickens and, and I had some conversation with several coaches that really were hoping they could get him uh, when they did. But, they, you know, he, he ended up going a little quicker than maybe some of them thought because of his knee. But uh, I think George will fit in extremely well. You just look at his uh, production when he was healthy and the way he can play and some of the guys he went against and the way he ate them up. Uh, He's as close to a can't-miss receiver as you want as far as his style and, and the way that uh, Pittsburgh likes to throw the deep ball. Pittsburgh's got a good situation. In fact, Juju Schuster left in the free agency and went to, to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, so I think he can jump in there and be a real big force. Jordan Davis, hey, whoever he goes with is going to be good. And uh, I don't know that I can say anybody fits anybody's team any better than others because I'm not really that up on the pro teams, but it's obvious if you take a guy in the first round, you feel like he's a day one starter for you. Steen can certainly do that. Minnesota scheme, he'll fit in there perfectly. He's a, he's a perfect prototype for a run stopper safety. Uh, and then um, I think Devontae White alongside Cox there at Green Bay would just be a force kind of like he was with Davis. You know, everybody trying to work with Davis and Brock Walker and Devontae made a lot of plays. And uh, I, I had our own uh, uh, Brent Rollins on some stuff that I read about that you guys did said he only missed eight tackles in uh, four years. Now that's an unbelievable <laughs> amount of uh, play for him to, to only miss that many because you got an opportunity to make so many and then, uh, so I think that's going to be – he's just so steady and he uh, runs stopper and he's a pretty, he really helped himself. I talked to Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. His pro uh, workouts down there at the, at the uh, Senior Bowl really helped him, the way he rushed the passer, all those pro scouts and pro coaches watching him wear some of those guards out. Uh, you know, he jumped right in there in the first round. So uh, – I, I, I could go through each one and say how they, they'll help each team, but it's, it's obvious they're going to be very helpful. How about a punter in the fourth round? Shout out Camarda. I can just tell you that guy's money in the bank. Um, I know how hard it is to punt. I punted for four years in college, and uh, fortunately I was playing a lot, so it wasn't like you were just coming off the bench cold. But Every, and he he never knew when we were going to punt here. We tried a lot of field goals. We didn't. We weren't really punting that much, but he came through so many times. He had a couple bad games there. You know, the one in the Sugar Bowl where he missed that one. But uh, he's just a very consistent guy. He can be a backup in the pros where you got that fifty-three uh, man limit. You know, they like guys that can do more than one thing. So he can kick off. He can kick extra points and field goals along with his punting. The other thing he can do, he can tackle. If a guy breaks open on a punt return, he can get him down. So uh, that's why you take Jake in the fourth round. He, he, he's a steal. Love it. All right, I'm trying to find. Yeah. All right, uh, before we – we have a bunch of questions that came in. We have some – and if you have a question, drop it in the comment section. If you're watching this on YouTube, stick it in the comment section. If you're watching this on Facebook, drop it in the comment section. We'll get to – we got to a lot of questions from our uh, viewers uh, last week. We'll try to do that again this week. We've had some come in via Facebook. We've had some come in via UGA Sports. So we will we want to get to all those. Uh, but before we do, I want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxie real quick because they have you – know, Mother's Day is coming up, and it's Tuesday. So don't be like scrambling at the uh, QT, you know, on Saturday night trying to find something for your mama. You know, don't don't be that guy. Uh, let's while you're doing this Tuesday, while I have your attention, I want you to run over check out the Dead Soxy site. They have a, a neat promo for folks that are watching the show, and the promo code is UGA Sports. So it's really easy to remember. 
Now, if you go over there and you put in that code on anything on their site, because they have tons of socks for women, they're not just men's socks, there's tons of women's socks over there. You can use promo code UGA Sports and get 35% off anything in the store. So, site wide, UGA Sports, 35% off. That's a huge deal. But they also have something that's kind of neat. They have the, um, a mystery box. Mystery box. And it will have 20 pairs of socks in it, and it's only 70 bucks. So, do the math. That's pretty cheap. That's a great deal. $70, 20 pairs of socks for your mother, wife, someone in the family. Hit up the mystery box over at Dead Soxy and get that. And, it's, of course, it's going to have all their great socks in it. So uh, it's not like they're giving you some Walmart socks there. The mystery box is just you don't have to go through and pick out 20 different ones. They're going to pick out 20 of the best sellers and give them to you and put them in the mystery box, and you'll actually absolutely love it. Or you can go pick and choose and use the promo code um, UG Sports and get 35% off. So. You can't beat that. So just order it now. It's Tuesday. Don't wait till like Thursday or Friday and try to get them in time. And you have to say, oh, it's it's being shipped. Do it today. Jump on it today. Remember, promo code UGA Sports at the uh, website deadsoxy.com. It's, it's pretty cut and dry. It's not hard. Uh, also, want to mention our friends over at the Academia Brewing Company. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff going on over there. We talked about they're going to have the big watch party for the Kentucky Derby. You need to go over there with your crazy big hat. They've got a Cinco de Mayo party coming up in uh, two days. So you want to get out there for the 5th of May, uh, hit that one up. Uh, uh, Harry Potter trivia night. <laughs> you got all this crazy stuff going on. Uh, there's always something. Be sure to swing out and uh, check out our friends at Academy Brewing Company. Uh, have, I don't think they're going to have the big car show coming down. So uh, be sure to just go to their uh, Facebook page or their website. But I, I, Facebook page to me is it's constantly being updated. And that way you can see how to get to the uh, Kentucky Derby watch party, what time it starts, 2.30. And all the great stuff they have out there, plus all their special beers. They're creating new beers just about every week or so. So swing by our friends at Academia Brewing Company, get a great meal, uh, eat out. The, the OG, the Cerberus Tripoletta fries. Yeah, it's, it's the absolute best. Uh, get a flight. You know, you can even do wine flights out there, too, by the way. If you're not into a beer person, you can go out there and do flights of different wines. But you get four different beers, try them all, and, the, you know, they have the descriptions of what each one is. And that way you can pick and choose your favorite ones. And, of course, you can take them home with you. If you just if you don't have time, just swing by and grab a, a bunch of the four packs of their beer. So uh, check out the, anything going on at Academic Brewing Company. It will be first class every time, guaranteed. All right, Coach, I have the fan favorite, the game that we've started about three weeks ago uh, where I just give you a name on the roster. I, I bumped you up to 15 seconds last week, and you did well, so we're going to keep going with that. You get 15 seconds per player, and I've got five guys for you. Uh, some of these guys are starters, so it, you know you may have to dig into the bank a little bit for things that people haven't already heard. Here we go. Lad McConkey. You know, Lad's one of my favorite players on the team. I mean, he just packs his lunch pail every day, works hard in practice, tremendous uh, work ethic, uh, has more speed than people realize that on the other team, our team understand it. You know, every day you look up those guys and what they run those uh, on on the GPS. He's right up there in the 19s and 20 all practice. He just, uh, he's got great ball skills and he's dependable. I mean, uh, I can tell you right now, I'm glad he's on our team. Number 84 in your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. You know, one thing about him is just the fact that he has so much potential and he's had a couple bad breaks on injuries. But uh, I think he's a real sleeper just because he has so much uh, that he can bring to the table. He just got to get on the field. I mean, sometimes it's hard to do that when you've been hurt. And you can't get your position back because you got guys ahead of you. But uh, I'm glad he's here, and I feel like he deserves a chance to really do what he's what he's capable of. Because uh, you know it's not his fault he's been hurt, but he's got ability. Brock Vandegriff. The one thing about Brock that I really feel like is the biggest room in the world is a room for improvement. This guy has made tremendous strides from first year to second year just because of his knowledge of the system, because of his work ethic and the way he's uh, been on the scout team running quarterback. I think he has tremendous upside, maybe not so much in the offense like we run uh, under the guys up there now, but some of the things he can do, we don't have anybody can do uh, as far as running the uh, zone read and things like that. Certainly Bennett can do that, but 
not as near as strong a runner. Uh, I'm happy that we got Brock here. Smile Munden. Now, here's another guy that's been hurt a little bit, but I think uh, more than likely he's going to be in the top four when you look at uh, at Dumas Johnson and uh, and also Walker. And uh, I, I think he'll be one of the top four linebackers for us next year. Has a, a good frame. Just got to put a little more weight on. He's very quick. Uh, I'm glad we got him, too. I think he's a guy that you don't know a lot about, but you'll read more about him and hear more about him, particularly on special teams. Last one, Malachi Starks. You know, Malachi came over here from Jefferson. Uh, Roddy and I went and watched him play against uh, Gunnar Stockton last year, and then they had to call the game off for about two hours for a rain delay and uh, uh, lightning and all. But he's a, he's a very good athlete. They could play wide receiver. He's really learning the nuances of safety. He's got to keep off the ground a little more. You know, sometimes he loses his feet trying to tackle people, but – I think he'll be uh, a, a more than likely a starter down the road. Whether he'll play a lot next year, will be more special teams. But here's a guy who wants to be a Georgia Bulldog and will be a big contributor for us. Sometime over the next month, I'm just going to sneak in there, just Roddy Nabolsi, and see what happens in that 15 <laughs> seconds. Not very, not very big, but it sure is short. <laughs> I knew he's gonna cast. Like, I admit I hurt him. He's the man. He's this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt. It does hurt. Uh, uh, we do have some questions you know, coming. Went, I mean, my hair's bad, but Roddy went in to get a haircut the other day, and he was in a hurry. And uh, he, he told the, the the guy, I said, "Look, can you cut my hair with your coat on? With my coat on?" He said, "Look, Roddy, I could cut your hair with your hat on." <laughs> Damn. Okay, that's the end of this week's show. We're gonna come back next week with a nicer guest. We're we're gonna sell tickets to the roast of Roddy and see how that Roddy, Roddy's the man. He's I love it. I'll pepper you with some questions that he got to ask you your questions. Now I get to well, actually, uh, Spencer from Alpharetta. Uh, it's funny is I love the people that give us a question and then hit us back the next week. That always makes me happy. We got the. Uh, Dog in France near 21 Dogs is back. Dallas Dog is back. Good, I good. I love all these people. Uh, Spencer Alpharetta says, do we have a shot with that pit wide receiver who put his name in the portal? No. <laughs> uh, that's the Belitnikoff Award winner at what, 35 catches later, 17 touchdowns. Here's the deal with this kid. He, he played he played extremely well for Pitt last year. Their quarterback scoring pro. They lost their – Offensive coordinator in Nebraska. They brought in a new guy. And it seems like he's not real happy with the system that they're running. And he, he played in high school with Caleb Williams at another school over there. And Caleb Williams out at USC has been talking to him about what they need out there. He could come out there and get some a lot of NIL money. Now, he put his name in a portal. Whether he's going to leave or not, we'll have to think. But I don't think that we're going to be involved in and what it would take to get a guy like that. Now, we could, but, you know, from my standpoint, I think he's probably going to USC. Hey, Coach, can you clarify a little bit? I know people were saying that the uh, deadline to be able to enter the portal to play for the fall had approached and now come and gone. But technically, right, there could be people that have entered the portal, but maybe that's not public yet. So, like, kind of give me the process of what that looks like for guys. Yeah, sometimes it takes, you know, 24, 48 hours for it to become public, but they had to declare by May 1st. Uh, so maybe a couple guys will come up today that we didn't know about. Hopefully none for Georgia Bulldogs, but I don't, I don't see anybody uh, coming. Did you hear somebody, Roddy, that was coming up for us? No, I'm just, I've been coughing all day, but. Okay. Uh, I, I got that subtle cough like you had some kind of what we were I've been coughing all show. Roddy's going to say what My haircut burn. <laughs> What we're hearing or something. But. Blink twice if you see something from compliance. Yeah. Uh, but the rule is that you can go anywhere if you go by May 1st to declare. But after May 1st, if your paperwork's not in, you have to sit out a year. So uh, I would say as probably by the end of the day, uh, anybody that's nationally in the portal, it'll have to come out because it takes a couple of days to come out. But it's people can say their own opinion and, and certainly mine is not the right one all the time it, it more than likely is wrong but 
I don't think NIL is near the problem that the transfer portal is. Right. I, I just feel like that creates such a havoc. Roster management, scholarships, all that, as compared to the NIL. I mean, you can work around that, and and uh, and you're having all all the schools are having to learn how to incorporate the NIL and how it affects their team. But transfer portal is brutal, man. It's just brutal. Yeah, we do have a question about that, but as we, as I ask you the next question, I'm going to show you guys what I'm having for lunch here. Being that it is uh, Tuesday, it is Tamale Tuesday out here at uh, Classic City Eats. They do this every Tuesday, so swing by, get their slaw, get the crackers, but handmade tamales with a fantastic sauce. So, uh, just saying, that's 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 the way to go if you're uh, in Watkinsville on a Tuesday uh, afternoon. I got some guys that are going to meet me for lunch after this. And I'm sure they'll get their own uh, plate of those tamales here in a second. Uh, speaking of NIL, Coach, uh, this one, uh, well, this is from Dog in France. First, he wants to know, when are you coming to visit him in France? And then he says, uh, will college teams sign NIL deals as an entire team? And how does that compete with corporate sponsors? And I thought this was a fascinating question because if I'm Delta and I'm, you know, the official uh, airline of the Georgia Bulldogs, do I sign a deal with the entire – do I give money to the UG Athletic Association to be on their giant scoreboard, or do I sign with the entire team, or do I sign with Stetson Bennett or Brock Bowers? You know, it seems to me that all of a sudden that these NIL deals could uh, uh, start, I don't say pull money from the athletic associations, but maybe some of these uh, big corporate people want to go directly with the um, uh, players themselves and not just, you know, official sponsor of, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not. I don't have any plans to go to France anytime soon. But uh, if you if you'd, uh, pick me up a couple of tickets to the French Open, I might come over there and check out how Alpha does. But uh, uh, Alcaraz is the one you need to watch, Coach. My uh, lord, I mean, he, he Alcaraz is coming on, but he still got to beat the King. Uh, he's probably going to play the King in the uh, quarterfinals out there in. Uh, uh, in this tournament in Spain this week. So uh, tough draw for Rafa. He's got him in the quarters and Djokovic in the semis. So uh, he's got a rock and roll and he's been hurt, but King on clay is hard to beat. But as far as the NIL, uh, certainly these collectives that people are getting where they get, uh, instead of just one, one person, they get a lot of people to put money in. And uh, by that, they're able to, to handle more players. Uh, last year, uh, a guy in Miami uh, who ran a uh, some uh, workout places down there, he, he signed up the whole Miami team for that, and they got just a little bit of money. I don't think it was much, but it was, it was first of all when it first came out for the NIL. But I could see Delta doing that. Hey, they did it for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was Lou Alcindor. They, they gave him some good money to go out there to UCLA. Uh, People don't realize that, but that was part of the deal for him to go to UCLA. He, uh, Coach Wooden had him a job over there uh, working at Delta, and uh, he got tr trips back and forth for himself and his parents from New York. So you learn a lot here on the, on the on our show. I did not know well, that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm hey, I know. I got a recruiting story from him from Pizza Hut. This guy went in. Uh, in Kansas in the 80s was getting recruited by a, a, a school in the Big 8 and the guy from Wichita State said, look, we need to get some help. And they called Pizza Hut because they just started up out there in uh, Wichita and told this guy, said, look, we got this great player here. We got to keep him. And uh, so they went over and talked to the mom and the boy and everything. He said, hey, we can give you a lot here and help you out. Stay in Wichita, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, said, what will it take? She said, I need 300 a house, and two cars. He said, 300000 He said, 300000 She said, yeah. That was in 1982. So, things are perking up for a basketball player back in the big eight. I think one thing to keep an eye on is when Mark Emmert announced that he was planning to step down as the president of the NCAA, there was going to be a lot of transition period and 
kind of what the NCAA becomes. And, and frankly, it, it's been paper tiger. So what it can preside over. And so I, media companies are running this deal, right? That's where the, a lot of the money yeah. is coming yeah. from. So that reform's coming to transfer portal, to NIL, and then to whatever the amateurism piece of this is. Yeah, you're going to have to have a break between the power fives and the, and the uh, non-power five schools. I mean, it's just not fair to schools in these other conferences. Uh, they just can't compete on the NIL. I mean, there's no way uh, when a guy's being can, can be told, "Hey, you be back up here, and we'll give you fifty thousand and and the, the school's trying to recruit him, and they can't give him hardly anything. So uh, it's not fair to those uh, smaller schools for sure. No, I think you're right. I do think it'll be interesting to watch how uh, it's just, people who didn't have any agency before, and let's say you're you make 65 grand working at Coca-Cola. Um, you walk down to the marketing department and say, Hey, what, what did we spend in in-state marketing last year? Like, Oh, we spent like five and a half million dollars. What if we took 1 million of that and gave it to UGA and had, you know, 10 of their players line up, you know, holding Coca-Cola signs and put them on billboards. So all of a sudden you get a million dollar NIL deal for Georgia players from a guy who was making $65,000. It's not his money, but he just basically, turn that funnel, that hose of cash, that promotion cash and marketing cash from the company he works for towards your school. And you could see that happen all over the country, you know, so well, Luther Burden, you know, I'll have a situation where schools go in and uh, the local businesses, like I said, uh, are all of a sudden they have a, a direct legal way to do this. But I just think it's going to be a lot. To me, we're just now touching the beginning of how all this stuff's going to play out. Every every week, everyone's outraged or surprised by something new or some crazy story they heard, and I'm like, man, we're, we're not we're not even we just get the toe in the water as to how crazy this is going to get. Right. There, there's also a divide between the team sports and the ones that are more individual. Uh, so, like a, a great gymnast is going to have NIL opportunities in a different way that football will. In fact, I think you could say that Georgia's most marketable athlete is not football; it's Matthew Bowling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can get a gymnast that can get on uh, on uh, Instagram and uh, no telling how many followers she would have and get, get all those ads. I mean, it's kind of like Kylie Jenner. I mean, you know, you just get it going, man. It's just the way it goes. What do you know about Instagram, Coach? Don't start. I don't really have an Instagram account, but I, I know that – my kid, my grandkids have it, so I try to watch what's happening once in a while. They have some good pictures on there about what they're doing. So, I mean, I just don't sit around here and twiddle my thumbs and play checkers, man. I got to, I got to. I know you're hip. I, I got to keep up with this stuff, but I'm I'm not on TikTok or anything. Not yet. We'll start doing TikTok shows. Uh, this is from Twenty One Dogs. He says, uh, Coach, when do the freshmen arrive? May thirty first. Uh, the the guys that aren't. Uh, here now will be there and uh, come in, including some walk-ons too. That uh, right, the walk-ons come in at that same time. Uh, so at that point, we would have 105 guys here, scholarship and non-scholarship. Uh, and then uh, once fall camp starts, we can add up to 125. Not fall camp. Once school starts. School starts. Yeah. So you get uh, Brandon Robinson. Um, Dylan Bell, Julian Humphrey, Singletary, uh, Singletary, yeah, James Beer. Yeah, you get all those guys. So there's gonna be some really good uh, players coming on on May 31st. So hey, uh, the end of this month, and then I we'll bet. be in June, and then you'll be talking about practices. Okay, June, practices. June's one of my favorite months around here that we've missed the last couple of years because of COVID. But they have these young guys come in for camp. And uh, seven on seven camps, individual workouts, things like that, and uh, that that gives me a shot at looking at some of these guys live, which I hadn't been able to do the last couple of years. And I think it, uh, last year we started back a little bit, but uh, really enhances your recruiting because you can evaluate them so much better. And uh, there's so many guys that go don't come here that we turn down because of camp. I mean, it's pretty evident. When you look at some of these guys over the years that have gone other places that we didn't offer because of, the, of that situation. That's very true. Um, 
maybe, you know, if you can go see some of those kids uh, camp or something like that, maybe finally be a good addition to the show, you know, carry your weight a little bit. Yep. That's my goal. I mean, I set my goal uh, this year to try to contribute. <laughs> uh, this is from Dallas dog. Hey, everybody. JB Ben Bogman. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dallas dog wants to know, uh, when will we see UGA face Texas? And, and you kind of mentioned this before. This is, of course, this is Dallas dog. He says, and how many players did the Longhorns have drafted? So. Well, we're going to play Texas in the next three or four years. I would think uh, that they're not supposed to get into the conference for two more years because of their uh, situation with the uh, Big 12. They're contractually uh, have to pay a big buyout to get out of there. Oklahoma and Texas would. I thought by now, that there'd be some kind of work on that to try to make them get in a little sooner, but it doesn't look like at this point. But uh, as far as draftees, they they got nobody drafted this year, and they, they haven't had a offensive player taken since 2004. Uh, uh, I think, uh, excuse me, like a quarterback taken since since uh, Colt McCoy or something like that. I mean, all kind of bad things about Texas. And I got to be careful about bagging on Texas because you know how I feel Oklahoma about man, yes sir. Oklahoma, but I, I do feel like Sark is a good coach, and uh, you know you ought to be able to win at Texas. I mean, just look at the resources and the, everything that they got. And uh, but for some reason, ever since Mike Brown left, I mean, they're on their what their is this their third or fourth coach since him? I mean. Charlie Strong, and then the, the guy from Houston, and now, yeah. So this is your third coach in like seven years. I really thought Charlie Strong was absolutely going to just take Texas to amazing heights. I think he's a hell of a coach. I just good thought that would be he's great. It's good. good. Roddy, I did a little uh, stat hunting last night, so I'm going to play an impromptu trivia game with you. Georgia, in the history of its program, has played 115 teams. In the most recent games versus all of those teams, the Bulldogs are 84, 27, and 4. Now, some of those end up being like Center or Chicago or NYU and stuff from the 1920s. In Kirby Smart's era, in the games that he's played, he only has losses against three teams in the most recent game against them. Can you name those teams? So Alabama would not be one because in the most recent game, Georgia beat Alabama. Texas, Texas, LSU, and Ole Miss. There you go. I got one. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, don't forget the losses. (laughs) Here's one for you, Coach. Georgia has never beaten USC, but it's always beaten Notre Dame. Is that true? That's true. That's true. I did not know that. Three and zero in each. In fact, Georgia has uh, the longest losing streak against any of the teams. There's three teams that Georgia has a three-game losing streak against. USC is one of them. The other two, Pitt and Holy Cross. I thought you were supposed to be working over there for the for the uh, school of uh, and a big role there. You're over there looking on your computer all day, man. I thought hey, you were working on being a general manager. How can you do that with? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get Josh Brooks to schedule Holy Cross so that yeah, uh, 1937 yeah. to 39 you know can be a race. For Holy Cross is? What? Crusaders. Yep. Not many yeah. people would know that. You know Trust what me, the, my family would. You know what the <laughs> nickname for Presbyterian is? The Blue Hose. That's right. That's right. There you go, Coach. No scrub over here. Newberry. <laughs> New, Newberry. Speaking I don't know of Newberry. Indians. Hey, didn't know that one. Uh, your guys are throwing out numbers. I'm going to throw this number at you. It's uh, 107. 107. Cars that Athens Ford has for sale. That's the number of used cars they have out there. They have over they have hundreds of uh, uh, new cars. So I'm just saying, if you're looking for a used car, and I know how tough those are to find because I'm going to have to get one here in a minute. <clears throat> uh, check out uh, Athens Ford. They have uh, right now on the lot 107 used vehicles that you can purchase. Of course, it's like it's uh, a non-European car, you know, none of these uh, BMW type things, but it's a regular car. Uh, under 80,000 miles will have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. So you have absolute confidence when you go out there and buy a vehicle that is going to uh, take care of you for a long time. So go out to our friends in Athens Ford, hit them up. 
And of course, you can also, if you're one of those people who's like, hey, I want a new car and they don't have what I want on the lot and nobody in the Southeast has it, no one wants it, I mean, no one can get it for me. Uh, you can actually go on Athens Ford right now and you can custom order your vehicle. You can say, look, I want the Ford Explorer with this package. I want the Ford Bronco with this. I want that uh, F-150 electric vehicle. I can jump on that. Uh, you can actually custom order your vehicle and right there on the website, you don't even have to go into the showroom. They will take care of it for you. But I'm just saying, if you do wind up going out there and I, when I was in uh, Orange Beach this past weekend, I had the need to swing by the uh, Moyer Ford down in Orange Beach and that's a nice dealership, but tell you having been to Athens Ford I felt like I was slumming you know, those folks are so it's such a nice place out there at Athens Ford you need to check it out when you get a chance even if you're just having some service work done you'll absolutely love the uh, your experience out there when you get a chance I've been seeing those Broncos all over the road I know they're, they're, they're everywhere I'm jealous. I felt bad because I was at when I went by that uh, uh, Moyer in Orange Beach and I was like y'all got nothing on the lot here this is empty but the folks at Athens Ford they're loaded speaking of loaded uh, today is Tuesday it's double points day at your pie. There's a ton of your pie locations, 50 to 70. They're everywhere. When you get a chance, swing by uh, your pie, get yourself a fantastic uh, meal. Uh, you can have lunch, dinner, you can dinner for the whole family. But I always tell you, you can go by and walk into the counter and, you know, order your uh, crust, you know, then your sauce and your cheese and all the toppings. But if you do it online, if you do it on the your pie app on a Tuesday, you'll get double points. Those points add up super fast. You'll get free pizza, free breadsticks, free gelato, free drinks, stuff like that. So although, like I said, you can just walk into any of them and they'll, you'll have a pizza in seven minutes. Um, do it online first. Walk in and you know, say, hey, I, I placed this order online. And then you just, they'll hand it to you and you can go sit down and eat it there if you want to, if you just want to have the experience. But don't miss out on the double points because that is a lot of free pizza, a lot of free breadsticks that you're going to miss out on if you don't use the uh, app. So please do when you get a chance. Let's get to uh, some more questions over from the people at UGASports.com, which uh, we should always give a plug there. Go join our site and uh, check out our content that we're putting out every day. Uh, this is from PA Dog 610 Coach Donnan, in your opinion, what true freshman makes the biggest impact in 2022 as Brock Bowers did in 2021? You know, a lot of that's just opportunity based on your squad needs and what you uh, – you got to think one of those corners, uh, uh, Everett, Singletary, Humphrey uh, on defense, uh, also maybe Williams or uh, Marvin Jones on the edge, uh, Walker at linebacker. That would be the defensive guys. Offensively, uh, you know, I really don't know. It's going to be hard for anybody to jump in there and, and help us as quickly as maybe Bowers did. Maybe Marset will do some things on the edge, uh, but uh, that's the way I see it. Maybe some crossover in this question from Sed326. Who on the defensive line will we be talking about midseason who is not named Carter or Smith? Yeah, I think uh, Logue, Stackhouse, uh, uh, Darian Ingram, Dawkins, is that his name? Is that the way you pronounce it? Tyrion uh, Ingram Dawkins, yep. I think yeah. all of those three will be the guys inside. Uh, the two outside, I told you about uh, Williams and uh, and Jones. And, you know, certainly Robert Bill is a guy that can uh, can help us. I mean, he's a solid player, and uh, he'll make a lot of plays that you don't expect because he's just where he's supposed to be. So, uh um, I feel like our defense is so streamlined now. We know what we can do. We know what we can't do. We got a lot of a ton of film of mistakes that we've made over the last six years that we can coach off of, uh, and we've had a t have a, a ton that we've been successful with. So these guys have a chance to monitor that and look at it, and uh, got superior coaching there with uh, our defensive staff. I just feel like our defense is getting a little short change because you start talking about who's leaving. Uh, and I always talk to our guys about when I was a coach, look, we can't worry about last year. We, this is a new team. we got to get our own identity. we got to use our strength. Uh, our strength is going to be our offense is going to score a lot of points. Uh, I feel like we're going to have an outstanding uh, big play offense, plus we also have the capability of just keeping the ball away from people if we need to. But Defensively, though, when you look at the draft for next year, 
I saw four of them last night because I thought we might be asked about that. And I did a little research. Every one of them had Carter and Ringo in the top 15. For some reason, they play for Georgia, don't they? <laughs> they do. Uh, those are two of the top 15 players in the country on your defense off the team that just lost five guys in the first round. So, and, and I can tell you unequivocally, there's not anybody in America like uh, Carter at this point. I mean, I don't want to over, over hype him because I've been talking about him since I talked about him blasting it off from Cape Canaveral in uh, three years ago as a freshman. So, and Ringo Kirby keeps him under control as far as, hey, hey, well, he's got to do more than that one play and all that. But when you go out there and they have picture day or they have anything uh, 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 where you can watch our team and you can get down close in the stadium and look at the size of Keely Ringo, he looks like an outside linebacker. He fits two, 210, runs a 4-3-40, got great hands. He, was, he caught the ball in high school and turned kicks. I mean, he's a prototype. But, I mean, obviously he's going to have to deserve it, and I don't want to over-talking. Over but then you add Gilbert's in there. I mean, he hasn't even played in a year, but everybody's listening to Gilbert. And, uh, and Broderick Jones and uh, Bowers. Uh, so if you put those – you got five guys in the top 30 in the country on one team. I mean, pretty impressive. Let's go to our next question from GA Dog in a Rock. Coach Donnan, who's Georgia's biggest threat in the East this year? Good question. Uh, I would say the two teams that worry me the most, first of all, because of their success against us, uh, uh, Tennessee with their fast paced offense, the fact they got Hendon Hooker coming back, they got the receiver to call 10 balls against us last year. Uh, they know what they're doing. They got a lot of belief in their system, and they can't help but be better defensively, uh, particularly stopping and getting off the field on third down, one of the worst teams in America on third down proficiency last year. So I think Tennessee here, though, is going to hurt them. I mean, I feel like our home field advantage right now, our fans are, you know, downright cocky now. <laughs> I mean, they're hard to, it can be hard to play in this kind of environment like the Arkansas game last year. When you know you're playing a team that's ranked and everybody you've got a little little chill in the air and a little bite in their bark, you know, and you're just ready to rock. And I just feel like Tennessee at home is going to be a big advantage for us. But Kentucky has an established quarterback, and defensively they always know what they're doing and don't make many mistakes. But they just haven't played us extremely well as far as – in the clutch. So, I mean, they're due for a good game against us. So I say those are two in the East. From Pierce Outlaw, how many names get called at the 2023 NFL draft from Georgia over under 10? Over. You said that quick. I mean, all you got to do is read UGA Sports and read Brent Rollins' write-up. I think he's got 19 guys that have the potential to get drafted. So, he couldn't be that wrong. I mean, I know Brent, Brent's got a good write-up on him. He didn't even include Warren Erickson, who I think has got a chance to get drafted, too, because he's a multi-purpose guy. Everybody takes him for granted, but he can center. He can play guard. He's smart. He's a big guy. He can move. Uh, so I, I like his chances, too. So uh, you just run down through the, the lineup. I mean, I can tell you, you got Washington, Gilbert, uh, Ringo, Carter, uh on and on and on. Jones, I mean, there's a lot of guys. McClendon, I mean, there'll be Chris Smith. There's a lot of them going to get, get drafted. From 1970, dog, will Tate Ratledge be able to play this year? I sure hope so. Tate deserves it. Uh, I've seen him over there working out. He worked really hard. You know, he had that Liz Frank type injury on his ankle that really put him behind. It takes a six or seven month rehab, but He's uh, off that little scooter now where he can move around and work on his agility. He's got pretty good upper body strength. I mean, he was going to be a starting guard for us last year. He missed the whole season. Uh, I think he gives us tremendous uh, ability inside to go with Willock and uh, and uh, Truss. Uh, those guys are all going to be uh, good players for us at guard, but I'm counting on Radledge being a big force for our offensive line. 
Let's go to Daily Who, who says, assuming that Stetson is the quarterback, which we all are, uh, does Todd Munkin's offensive strategy or tactics change, especially with all the offensive firepower around the field? In other words, is there a whole other piece of the playbook that, that Georgia goes to or opens up because of the experience and tight end talent? I don't think so. I mean, we've used everything in the history of football in his two years here. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else he can run unless it's the Statue of Liberty out there with a naked guy. Uh, I don't really know anything else that we can run. I mean, we've run everything, and he's very, uh, very good at calling plays and setting things up. We run a multitude of formations, uh, groupings, and offensive plays. Uh, you won't probably see anything new, but uh, we will probably see a little bit more like he says, tight end packages just to get Washington out there with Gilbert and Bowers. But uh, we'll be able to control the ball. We'll be able to run the ball, be able to throw it deep. And uh, it's going to be a very good offense, no question. Pine Tree 1, any portal names that George is watching closely to be potentially in addition to the team? I don't know of any portal names at this point because uh, you you just don't know what kind of – room we got at the end you know what i mean they just uh by that you got to have some rooms if you're going to ask some people come in and stay overnight and you got to have some scholarship you guys going to come in and be on the team so uh we're we're hovering around that uh 85 limit right now and i just don't know where we would get one to take somebody obviously we could use an inside linebacker with some experience maybe a really fast receiver but uh at this point unless we a couple guys leave because of academics or just decide to not play. I, I don't know where we could take a portal guy. Uh, J.R. Scar 86 is a little trivia for you, coach. He says, can you guess how many players were drafted from the following schools combined? Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Florida, Clemson, and Texas. You're talking about total? Total. It's got to be zero since Texas is in it. No, he's saying the total of those teams combined, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, oh, Florida, okay. Clemson, well, and well, I know Auburn, Auburn had McCreary. Tennessee had the, had the one guy. Uh, Clemson had uh, one guy. Uh, well, he, he's all set to make the point that the combined – Maybe seven. Combined those teams had 15 draft picks. His name is Georgia. Well, he's got a good point there. I mean, I – don't be so hard on those trivia, man. I'm old. Uh. <laughs> Give me the, the teams again, Dave. Auburn had one, South Carolina three, Tennessee five, Georgia Tech one, Florida three, Clemson two, Texas zero. Total of 15. I know we got more than a lot of conferences in the first round. <laughs> we got more than some of these conferences, so uh, – Pretty impressive. Hey, and seeing what Cincinnati just pumped into the NFL, you realize that Georgia's last two postseasons were all against quality opponents. Yeah, Cincinnati got it, got it humming up there, no question. Taking some, they're doing a lot like uh, some teams in the Midwest do. Uh, you know, uh, getting some players that that normally would go to Big Eight schools or Big Twelve schools. Or, uh, they're, they're doing a good job. All right, so here's what we have. I have one final question, although it's about three questions packed into one, and Coach Donna can say what he wants to. Uh, Donna, I think you've got a joke, and Roddy, uh, I sent Let you a text Roddy, about a Roddy reminder roll. for something serious. So uh, go check that out. You had sent me an email, Roddy, to remind you about something. Yeah, I wanted to mention uh, it is Mother's Day coming up, and um, one of our good uh, friends, a longtime listener to this show and a longtime uh, supporter of UJSports.com, uh, Ryle Holder. Uh, Mr. Holder has a really rough situation where he's just in a lot of pain every day. And I mean, I, I was just talking to Jarvis Jones. He was in here grabbing some food for his family. And, you know, remember uh, Jarvis and I were talking about the fact that you know, he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm healthy and I'm alive. That's all that really matters. And, you know, Jarvis, you know, he's had some medical issues, you know, uh, hurt his playing time in the NFL. But he, he's like, yeah, if you got that, everything's great. So, uh, stuff coach has gone through, you know, that health, health, your health is everything. And uh, Ryle has some really bad health issues. He's in, a lot, he's in a lot of pain every day, and I just hate it. But the worst thing that's happened for him recently is his mom passed away. And we're about to go to Mother's Day. This is going to be his first Mother's Day without um, a Glenda Holder there. And we just want to give uh, Ryle and his 
uh, family, you know, our deepest condolences that Glenda Holder is not going to be with him this weekend, you know, celebrating and uh, let him know that uh, our prayers and are with him and uh, his uh, hopefully convalescence. Hopefully he can get into a better situation than he's in. And we just want to give, let him know that he's in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, we appreciate him being, a, uh, he and his family being a, a members of our show and members of our site. It means a lot to us. I don't know that there's any greater compliment that, that I can get from people that consume the work we do at UGASports.com or particularly this podcast other than I feel like I know you guys. You're kind of a member of my week or, you you know, I listen to you as I as I got through something or I was killing time. Like that's the ultimate compliment to me because there's so many options of things you can consume and you choose us. So if we can help you get through anything just by talking the dogs, that, that's awesome. That's um, great. It's great. Coach, this this is there's a lot to this one from Go Dogs 1371. So I'll let you take this whole thing where you want to, and then we will wrap with your joke. Uh, so let's go with here's the question: Did the end of the Switzer era at Oklahoma prevent you from getting a bigger job than Marshall? Would you have been in consideration for the head coaching job at Oklahoma had Switzer left on his own accord? Do you think that Florida will challenge Georgia within the East in the next two years? And thanks. I'm glad that Coach Don is still doing this podcast. He's my favorite part of UGASports.com, and that is not a shot to the rest of you, especially Roddy, who sent confetti. Hey, well, he's got a lot going on. Hey, uh, we certainly had some issues there at the end of the Switzer deal, but Gary Gibbs was uh, – the coach in waiting there, he played there. He had everything going for him. Uh, and, there, you know, we felt like as a staff, we needed to back one guy and Gary got the job. But I certainly had some opportunities at other places, but at that time, right now, then I felt like uh, it was, it was time for me to move on. And I got the Marshall job and worked out good. As far as Billy Napier, I think Billy Napier knows the uh, system that uh, Nick Saban's employed. He worked for him. For a long time, he'll do a lot of that at Florida. He's got got some really good uh, ideas offensively. I haven't been that impressed with some of the coaches he's hired, but, you know, maybe these guys have improved since I've uh, watched them. But uh, anybody's the coach at Florida's got a chance. Bear Bryant once said if they get the right guy there, everybody else will be playing for second. And you saw that when Steve Spurrier got there and Urban Meyer did the same thing. But uh, they got Kirby Smart up here now. I think they'll be playing for second. So, uh, is there anything else that he asked that I that I missed? Uh, I mean, just that he loved you more than me and Roddy, which you know that's okay. Uh, I, th- I think you read that wrong. He's like, oh, 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 the confetti made. All right, okay. Hey, you, Roddy, you <laughs> I think Roddy uh, and his family. That was an unbelievable amount of gratitude by Roddy to the people to do all that work. You don't even have a clue how long it took him to mail all that confetti out, and that was a very genuine thing, Roddy. I, 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 I know it was fun, but it's also there's there's more to having a site than just paying for it or being the owner and all. It's all kind of a, it's your deal, and you, and you know hopefully even though there's some bad things that happen once in a while and people disagree, I think it's a great uh, you know it's good to be able to have an opinion and go back and forth on things. That's for sure. But uh, certainly, I would appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we all right, it's uh, time for your joke of the week, which I don't know. Maybe we need a I haven't been telling any jokes, but uh, I've, been, I've been out of practice. But I got this one. There were these two country doctors. Uh, this one older doctor told the young guy, said, hey, we don't have a lot of people come into our uh, practice. We have to go out to their different houses and, and uh, see them because it's, it, it's so far for them to come in. So uh, – one day a week, I usually go on the road. He said, come on with me. So he goes out to the first place, and this lady said, Doc, said, man, I'm just feeling bad. Said, I, I got indigestion all the time. And so uh, he said, well, what, what you need to do, stop eating so much fruit. And uh, so she said, okay. So the, the young doctor said, how in the world did you figure that out? He said, well, I dropped my stethoscope, and I saw some banana peels laying all around her house, and I figured she was eating too many bananas. He said, well, that's pretty slick. So they go to the next house, and, and the lady said, Doc, Doc, said, I just don't have any energy. And uh, the young doctor looked at her and everything and uh, and did what the older doctor did. And he came back. He said, well, you know, what you need to do, stop spending so much time at the church. And she said, okay. And so the doctor, older doctor said, well, how did you figure that out that she needed to? 
stop uh, spending so much time in the church. He said, well, I dropped my stethoscope and I saw the preacher underneath the bed. <laughs> oh, we're missing Roddy's laugh because he's on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was wasting her energy on the church. Man. That's why she didn't have any energy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is why I wish my dad was still around because I, I love to tell him the jokes that you told him. He always made cracked him up. Uh, all right, boys. That's a, that's a good one. All right, guys. That's all the time we have for this week's show. We hope we we hope we left you with some good information. Uh, we hope we left you. Uh, hey, we answered your questions, and we hope we left you with a laugh or two. And hope you enjoyed the last hour. Tune in with us next Tuesday at noon. We'll be talking uh, more Georgia football. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Well, yeah, we'll be talking Mother's Day, and uh, we'll be talking. Uh, We'll be answering your questions again next Tuesday noon. So join us then, and uh, we will see you later. Uh, big shout out to our sponsors here at Classic City Eats. Don't forget Tamale Tuesday. I'm about to hit that up. And of course, our friends at Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academy Brewing Company, and Dead Soxie. And don't forget Dead Soxie. It's jump on there now. Don't wait till later in the week and then have to buy your uh, mama something over at QT or Racetrack. You don't want to be that person. So jump on those socks right now. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.